What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we authentically explore the realms of the supernatural through faith, spirituality, and paranormal phenomenon. If you'd like to unlock more, you can learn about becoming a Mythos Insider and support my content at any point during this broadcast by going over to my profile. You can find the link in my profile, in my bio, in the description, in those sections, depending on what platform you're on. Don't hesitate at any point if you want to know more and go deeper. So today I've got a great episode for you. Um, In fact, this one took a lot of research for me today. So I hope you guys stick with me on this. And I'm exploring a concept, is Halloween actually a form manifesting in reality? And uh, this is kind of a far out concept. What's up, Counting Elephants? How are you doing? Laura, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Kamek, welcome. Need a favor. Thanks for being here. Paranormal Messages, what's up, my friend? Kenny, how are you doing, sir? Donetta, welcome, my friend. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day. And so this idea, um, and I'm going to go ahead and share this in the comments too for you guys, uh, just to think about, is Halloween actually a form manifesting in reality? Again, this is Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, episode 313. Love that number there. And I thought it was a great number to discuss Halloween stuff with a 13 in it. So um, this is going to be deeper down the rabbit hole than maybe you're used to going with me. So... Um, everything I talk about from this point on is purely theoretical. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is real. I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying, think about it. I'm saying, have you observed it? I'm saying, have you experienced it? And I'm going to be talking about some things that are going to be considered esoteric. And then I'm going to dive into some things that are considered occult. Now, occult meaning hidden, okay? Okay. Uh, hidden from the general populace. Now, occult does not mean in the term I'm using it here or what we're exploring. It does not mean evil. It does not mean um, black magic, anything like that, or uh, any type of blood magic. That's not what we're talking about here. Talking about occult as in hidden symbolism, um, hidden practices, things that uh, maybe have been practiced for thousands of years, maybe even talked about in the Bible, Uh, maybe even used in the Bible and things that I would consider to be spiritual technology, Um, meaning the technology you already have built into your biochemical system as a body manifest in this reality. So we're going to look at everything from the new movie, A Haunting in Venice. We're going to look at the double slit experiment within quantum physics. We're going to look at uh, a book by Helena Blavatsky, Uh, Madam Blavatsky, you may know that name if you've uh, been in the paranormal world for any amount of time. Um, She wrote a lot about um, the paranormal supernatural realms. Even some of her writings, um, I noticed hints of Gnosticism in it, like very mystical uh, teachings of of Jesus type stuff in it. So pretty interesting stuff. We're going to look up some definitions of the Anama Mundi. Mundi. Um, and then I'm going to read some quotes from Isis Unveiled from her actual book there. Um, so it's going to be an episode today, guys. So I will get through it as quick as I can. 
but I also want to answer questions. So King Waldo, what's up, my friend? Theosophical Society is a lot of very interesting stuff. Absolutely. And so what King Waldo is talking about here is um, where you've got Madame Blav uh, Blavatsky, you've got, um, oh, and we're also going to talk about um, uh, C.W. Ledbetter. Um, and particularly, we're really focusing on the, the female writers within the theosophical tradition. Um, we're going to be talking about Annie Besant. Annie Besant. And I'm going to start with Annie Besant's quote here from a publication that um, kind of spurned her book uh, from my research. It's called Thought Forms. Um, and in this, it states that thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. And that's what uh, the premise of today's episode is all about. And so we're going to get deep into that. What does that look like? And how can you use that in your life? How is that used for mass mind control? Potentially not saying it is, but again, think about it. Uh, what manifests in the world based on that mass illusion or delusion that a lot of people agree to, especially with seasonal changes, especially with large sporting events, especially with Halloween. Uh, so going to be a, a, a deep dive today. So stick with me. Um, I do want to say this is not a religious message whatsoever. Um, as I always say, my disclaimer, it's always at the bottom of my description. This is for entertainment purposes only. It's not medical, financial, scientific, or legal advice. This is just my opinion, not the opinion of anyone I mention. Um, if you click on any of the links in my descriptions, I might make a commission. I might make some money. Uh, wouldn't be a horrible thing, right? If more creators were able to make a living like myself online, they can uh, share their truth. I'm not saying I'm sharing the truth. I'm sharing my truth. I'm sharing the research I do, the things I observe, and my authentic discussion and exploration of supernatural things. Um, and so everything referenced and quoted is used under fair use or uh, public domain use laws. Um, please do your own research in regards to any theory. Show respect to all races, religions, orientations, identities, and cultures. Um, and that's really important for me. I'm going to start saying that at the beginning of every episode again, just to remind everybody we're all here in love. Okay. We, we can, we can agree to disagree. You may think that I'm an absolute lunatic and that's fine. Um, you can still be nice. You can still be nice to people you disagree with. And I'm here to prove that every day. So, um, so egregores are hugely powerful and influential in, in the modern world. King Waldo says, absolutely. King Waldo knows exactly what I'm talking about today. Uh, there's a lot of overlap with Gnosticism. Yes, definitely. Um, on Insta and Facebook, Urban Floral says, let's get uh, funkified with Cub and Fam. Absolutely. Um, Adam, thank you for tagging people. I appreciate that. Be sure and share it with them too. Um, Adam Davis, thanks for being here, my friend. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read from my description. Could Halloween as a holiday and a cultural phenomenon actually be a form in the same sense as the thought forms discussed in the thought forms book by Annie Besant and C.W. Ledbetter. The concept of thought forms in their book pertains to the visualization of mental and emotional content 
taking shape in the astral or mental plane. So, and I want to know what you think. So let you comment as I go here, because I, this is a live raw podcast. I want to answer questions. Okay. This isn't just for me to, to blah, do my spiel. Um, this is really, again, a conversation here. So these visual uh, visualizations, um, thought forms by Annie Besant and C.W. Ledbetter, they discuss the creation of visualization of thought forms, which are mental images or entities that represent thoughts, emotions, and intentions. The book outlines three fundamental principles that govern the formation of these thought forms as follows. So I'm going to quickly go through this. Then let's talk about it. Then I'm going to read some from her book. Then we're going to talk some about the history of spiritualism in our country and our nation, as well as our world. And I say our, I'm in the U.S. I know a lot of you aren't, so I've got to get over saying that. So we'll talk about the history in the world uh, with spiritualism. Um, And specifically, what does that have to do with Halloween and how do we uh, tie all of this together? So... All right. Number one, quality of thought determines color. According to the first principle, the quality or nature of a person's thoughts is directly linked to the colors that appear in the thought form. In other words, the emotional and intellectual content of a thought influences the specific colors that manifest within the thought form. For example, loving and compassionate thoughts may give rise to warm and vibrant colors, like red and pink, while negative or fearful thoughts may produce dark and murky colors like black or gray. So this was one of the first principles as you practice this. What's up, Florin? How are you, my friend? I hope you're doing well. Orlando, thanks for joining. Uh, Tara, thanks for being here. Um, Let's see. White Flag says Christians should not have grabbed Halloween. Everyone got a gift. Uh, but you chose the trick and that's on you. Well, uh, A, I'm not Christian and B, I didn't, uh, choose Halloween. I'm just talking about it today. Um, I'm actually come from, uh, deep, uh, Germanic roots within paganism, mysticism. So that's actually my roots and where a lot of my belief systems actually are. Um, so Just FYI, again, this is not a religious channel. I grew up Christian. I worked within the Christian church for many, many years, uh, but I'm deconstructed. I still honor the message of Jesus, absolutely, but not the traditions, not the other people's opinions around him. That's just my opinion. Um, Again, I'm more obsessed with what he actually said and how we can build a better world with his actual um, statements and actual philosophy rather than Uh, some sort of doctrine or dogma built around uh, the proposed life of Jesus, which no one has a clue about uh, because we just don't, right? Uh, We do have documented words of him, but beyond that, we don't really know times and places or anything. It's just a lot of opinion written hundreds of years after him. So I look a lot more at the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, which is 60 years after the time of Jesus, most likely where we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John from, by the way, all of which have their own opinions added to it with very little text left from Jesus. Only about 2% of your Holy Bible has the actual words of Jesus, the document that Christianity is built on. So this is not a slam against Christianity whatsoever. In fact, if you're a Christian, more power to you. I love you. 
Um, I hope you love me. I hope we can agree to disagree. I hope that we can build a better world together. And so everything I explore is really outside the known realms. This is all supernatural. Um, again, this is my truth, uh, not to step on any toes, all in love and light. What's up, Stephen? Stephen says, hello to all. Uh, I love that greeting, Stephen. Absolutely. To all, to all people, right? Even to those that we don't agree with. Hello, everyone. I love that, my friend. Uh, Aoife, welcome. How are you, my friend? Uh, Aoife says, hello. So anyway, that's the uh, quality of thought determines the color. So as you practice this and you're visualizing, because we're actually going to talk about how to do this today. So creating a tulpa or a thought form, it, it involves meditation, going within yourself, quiet in your mind, and you're going to envision your thoughts and feelings. And if you don't like what you're seeing, you need to start tweaking your thoughts and feelings. Uh, Bruce says Samahan. Um, I believe that's how you say the original uh, holiday for um, Halloween. Um, and I probably butchered that because I'm from West Texas and we barely say Halloween correctly over here. So um, that's just how I grew up. I do love Texas. So um, don't knock it till you try it, right? So you're going to envision the thoughts that you have. And if you find that you're seeing Old Celtic, thank you very much. Samahane, I think is actually how you say it. Uh, or Sawin. Uh, yeah, it's Sawin. Excuse me. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Sawin. Um, and we will, and I actually do have an episode on Sawin that I didn't do last year that I want to do this year. So I do, I just wasn't putting two and two together. So um, the quality of your thought determines the color of the visuals that you have. This does not require any substance. When I say visuals, I'm not talking psychedelic. I'm talking um, psychotropic, uh, I believe is the word, where you're actually creating it in your mind. And so you're going to envision your thoughts. So you're going you're gonna to quiet yourself, sit in a quiet room, nice, cool room, dark room, and you're going to focus. You're going to focus in your mind, in your body, and you're going to work your way up. You're going to start in your lower chakras and move your way up through your heart, all the way to your third eye, all the way out the top to the crown chakra. And you're going to allow that to cleanse. And if you find that you're just having little flashes and visuals of negative things or fears or anything that's that's bad, you can focus on what's the color of that? Is it, you know, is it all black and white and gray? Or are you bringing actual color to it? you're bringing color to it based on this theory you're in the process of healing that um then you get into part two of this the nature of thought uh determines form so the second principle posits that the nature or character of a thought shapes the form of a thought form and a thorn uh, the form is actually how it manifests here Different thoughts have distinct characteristics, and these characteristics are mirrored in the shapes and patterns of the thought forms they generate. For instance, a harmonious and peaceful thought might result in a thought form with a flowing and graceful contours, while a chaotic or fragmented thought may produce a disoriented or irregular form. So if you close your eyes and you're trying to rest or meditate or go to sleep and you're seeing a lot of divine geometry or even patterns, things that look like a kaleidoscope and lots of pretty colors, then you're in a higher vibration. You are 
more aligned, you're more in tune, and it's a less chaotic frequency that you are manifesting. This is a great way to check your vibration, by the way. Speaking spells. Exactly, Bruce. Exactly. Raising your vibrational frequency. Uh, Anthony, hello from Ireland. What is up, my friend? Love that you're in Ireland. we got a, a global community here. I love that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, Kid O'Connor says, yes, it's just like the cosplay and Comic-Con conventions now too. All forms walking the earth simultaneously. All Hallows' Eve, just as certain energy forces at play that enhance the act. Exactly, exactly. Um, Kandake, how to check your vibration. That's pretty much what I'm talking about here. When you um, sit in a quiet, cool, dark room, like a studio here that I'm in, and, you know, put your hands together like this, just in an even state. You can sit on the floor, sit in a chair, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth and focus your energy right here. Just focus on what are you seeing unfold. Don't focus on seeing images that you've seen during the day, but focus on the patterns that are arising. If you see pretty patterns, then you know you're in a higher vibration. And as you feel better, as you feel into it, you should see prettier patterns. And this takes a lot of practice, by the way. Some people don't know they can do this and they do it on the first try and it's it freaks them out. They're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Kind of like an out-of-body feeling. What's up from Kenya, Eriko? How are you, my friend? Much love, my friends. Um, Abracadabra vibes, absolutely. So uh, we call the third eye uh, our Ori. It's the person first, Orisha, guardian angel. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So your third eye is super important. And don't let all of the, the woo-woo content creators, um, you know, pull your leg on that. This third eye thing is something that takes a lot of practice. You should not be um, throwing this third eye up there um, through any means that are uh, chemical-based or even plant-based. If you're not, you know, A, if it's not legal, you're already going to be freaked out. And B... Um, if you're not, uh, in a shamanic setting, you know, you gotta be very careful with stuff like that. Everything I teach on this show, on this channel, everything I practice personally is all naturally done just through your thoughts, through your mind, through meditation, through the ancient forms of yoga, meditation, metaphysical practitionership, which is what we're talking about today. We have so many powers that we don't know about yet. Maria says, absolutely. My friend, totally agree with that. Totally agree. And that's that's why today's episode, I was just really pumped to get into it here because um, this is like a really defined pattern that we can practice to start experiencing more of what it means to manifest a thought form. Um, and there's people online that'll try to teach you exactly how to do this. I'm going to give you the framework for it, which I'm giving you today. It's It's up to you to go and practice this. And the more real you make it to you, the more effective it could potentially be in your life. 
Now, I can't come across and say, this is the way to do it definitively, and it will work for you. Chances are it's not going to work for a lot of people because it's just not your time, or you haven't unlocked that within you, or you're not really fully committed to it and believing on it. And that's fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with you in that in that sense. So that's where I, I really hate to come across as I'm teaching how to do this perfectly. Because guys, it, you know, if you don't experience the the visual sensation of this or the peace that comes with this, you know, keep practicing, keep focusing on your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. There may be stuff in your everyday life that's blocking you from this. And so that's why when Jesus talks a lot about like repent, turn around, it's not really like uh, repent as an I'm, I'm a horrible sinner. It's like stop doing that which knocks you out of vibration with the divine om, A-U-M, or amen, or om, the ancient om, uh, which is the vibration of God, which tunes us into the God source that's already within us. The kingdom is within us, and the kingdom is not a place, remember. We talked about when Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. That word is basalia, and that the primary use of that is the reign or rule of God is within you, which is literally like an antenna. It's your authority to connect directly with the ethos around you. Uh, and again, we're going to talk about uh, some of Madame Blavatsky's writings today that get deeper into this. Um so number three, definitiveness of thought determines clearness of outline. The third principle emphasizes the importance of the clarity and definitiveness of a thought in determining the clarity of the thought form's outline. So basically, first you start this with quality and you focus on the color, getting that color tuned into a warmer color, okay? And this is according to her. Um, and I, there's a color chart on here too that I'll, I'll show you guys in a minute. Uh, but you want to get it into a prettier color, not necessarily a warmer color, but you know, in your, your reds, your blues, your pinks, purple, green, whatever you can get it to get it away from black, white, and gray. Um, and then you're going to focus on patterns and shapes as it starts manifesting. This could be on your second attempt or third or fourth or whatever. You don't have to do this all in one city definitiveness of thought now is where you're like, okay, I now know, I now know how to tune the color of it. I now know how to tune the fractal nature of it. Now I'm going to manipulate. And here's the key word is manipulate. Just like you take clay and manipulate it into something. You're going to take this thought and manipulate it into the outline of a being or a figure. Um, the, the easiest thing to do with this that you can actually do in your life, test it and report the results to me. And I've done it and experienced its very weird results. I won't, I won't make any bold claims beyond that, but you can actually start to practice this with what's called a spirit animal or a totem. Um, and so the totem is something that you uh, resonate with a certain animal. For you, it may be a stag, it may be um, a bird, a butterfly. For me, it's the raven. Um, and so I took all of these thought forms and this energy that I had in my body, and I started meditating on this raven and seeing the raven and feeling the raven and and I was hearing it audibly, you know, just like how the the call that it makes, hearing it, and then I know the colors of its feathers and everything. I then was given a name about this raven, just heard the name in my head and I said, said the name. 
Then I looked up what the name meant. The name was Dimitri, by the way. Demeter is one of the gods uh, that would go into the field after a harvest, um, after the Lord of the Harvest, and actually go and pick up what's left. And so kind of a scavenger, but also very resourceful, even in seemingly in times of, of uh, you know great drought or scarcity, always able to find plenty, right? If just willing to go where other people aren't, basically. So... Um, so this character began to build for me in the version of Dimitri, my raven spirit animal. And then I was able to add powers to him. And this is all creative processes, by the way, because you're supposed to co-create that kingdom of God coming through you and create more things on this earth, specifically in the spirit realm. Because once you create it in the spirit realm or the imagination realm, okay, literally the imagination realm, it's in your thoughts then, then you might find yourself maybe shifting into a reality where you see this in your reality. And I can attest to the really weird things where once I did this, I was hearing and seeing ravens everywhere. The less I practice it, the less I see them. Now he's still in my heart. He's still got pictures of him on my desktop, on my phone, everywhere um, that I created using AI, which is another way you can take this form once you create it and make sure it lives on, make sure it's real, right? Um, you can even see this character in your dreams. I like a spirit animal because right away, a spirit animal is a great way that you can create a neutral observer that's there as kind of an imaginary friend for you. And that's what a lot of this work with the early uh, spiritualist movement was about, this kind of mysticism. Um, so thoughts that are well-defined and focused will create thought forms with a sharp and distinct outline, making them easily recognizable and impactful. Conversely, vague or unclear thoughts will result in thought forms with fuzzy or indistinct edges, which may not convey their intended message effectively. So to summarize thought forms before we get deeper into the text here, and then I want to take some questions. Thought Forms describes three fundamental principles as the foundation for understanding how thoughts are visually represented in the form of thought forms. So we haven't made them into forms yet, right? Like it's not just, it's not really real, it's just real, right? Um, so they're thought forms, thoughts with form. These principles suggest that our thoughts are not just abstract mental processes but that they have concrete and visible aspect that reflects their quality, nature, and clarity. By recognizing and working with these principles, individuals can gain a deeper understanding of their own thought patterns and their impact on the inner and outer worlds. Okay, so there you go. Th this is something I actually practice, by the way. You know, I'm not just throwing this out there. This is something I literally practice every day and try to create abundance in my life. Now, I'm not very good at it yet, by the way. Uh, if you're here for some sort of guru, you're on the wrong channel. If you're here for somebody who's on the same walk and journey you are, you come to the right place. So, uh, Doxa says, uh, give up anything uh, with a beating heart will kickstart you into higher frequencies. Absolutely. Eventually eating uh, a sentient consciousness that didn't want to be unalive can't be good for your uh, vibration. Absolutely. And, and I do agree with that. That's, um, you know, I have not become a full vegetarian. I'm hoping 
maybe one day I can. But right now, um, yeah, I know that's a, a candle flicker light behind me. Um, so that's supposed to flicker. It, it isn't a ghost today. Uh, that one's actually supposed to flicker. Um, but thank you for noticing. So, um, so if that makes sense, um, you know, I, I'm in the process of working through this and trying to understand this and getting, uh, my own tulpas created. Um, so it doesn't mean that I'm some sort of expert in this. Um, again, my, um, health and wellness is a big part of this, you know, how you eat, how you exercise, what thoughts you have, what type of entertainment you engage with. It really, it like, guys, they, you know, you hear this on all the inspirational channels and it's nice to hear with a 60 second video, you are what you eat, you are what you think, you create your reality, blah, 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 whatever. Yay. Good for them. Glad they figured out the secret of life. Oh, you still got bills to pay. You, you still got a utility bill. You still got a job that hasn't given you a raise, right? Like you still have these 3D problems. Well, that's why I love the idea of tulpas and thought forms. And that's why I'm practicing into them because if thought can become a form, even in the astral plane, then how can I move it from the astral plane into the three-dimensional plane as a manifester of reality? And so one of Dimitri's jobs in my life, Doxa, thank you so much for the gifts. I appreciate you guys. Uh, those helped me so much create more content. Uh, yesterday was uh, one of the best days um, we've had through the gifts. And I really, really appreciate you guys. Um, but one of Dimitri's jobs is to go out and find little trinkets, find little little jewels, little coins, little whatever, and bring them to me. Bring them to me through uh, members of our community, through donations on uh, my content, through gifts, uh, through surprises, whatever that is. Like That's one of Dimitri's jobs, is to make sure uh, as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, as an agent of God, to make sure that Cub is funded and has the resources he needs, even amongst all the scarcity out there, this raven knows exactly how to find resources, and he brings them to me. And that's one of the, the core functions of Dimitri as my spirit animal. Um, and I love that about him. And that's one thing that um, as I practice this uh, tulpa, it's called tulpa mansi. Uh, if you've heard of necromancy, that's where you take, uh, you know, you're trying to bring a spirit back or communicate with the unalived. Ah, thank you, honeybee. Honeybee just sent a, a love you heart. I love that. That's so cool. Thank you. Uh, love the TikTok gifts, by the way. So thank you guys for those. Um, and by the way, if you're on Facebook, the stars are a huge help. You can drop stars. If you go to comment, there's going to be a little thing that says stars over there by comment. And I'll just show you guys this because a lot of people have asked, you know, hey, Cub, how do I even give stars? Like, I don't understand what that means. And so if you go over here. How do I even Oh, there I am. That's going to start echoing. Um, you're going to go over here and you'll see this little button here. So it's it's a star right there. And if you hit that star on the bottom, just like you're going to comment, boom, there's all your gifts that you can give. Um, and so you can pick your gifts. Um, you know, 50 stars is like 50 cents. 100 stars is like 100 cents. That's why I like, you know, about 10,000 stars per episode here is a great goal for us. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate that. Um, and that's a great way. It tells the algorithm, hey, Cubs doing a good job. Don't sleep on this video, you know, hook him up. 
uh, Go algorithm. You guys donated yesterday and we got uh, tens of thousands of views on the content. So thank you guys. Uh, seance is a good way to enter the outer body experience and let other entities, ancestors into the person. Yeah. And that's why I don't do seances, uh, personally. What's up, Molly? How are you doing? Molly says, Hey tribe, uh, cub, these stars are for Dimitri. Thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate that. Bless you, my friend. You guys are awesome. We've got the best community around guys. I'll share more about that with you here in a little bit. Um, but I really want everyone to grab this idea today because this could be the idea that you need to get through the next wave of whatever the world throws at you. And this is so important, guys. Nobody else is telling you about this. Nobody's breaking down these concepts like I am. Nobody's going to the far corners of the mind like I am with some of these random concepts that might actually be more beneficial to our everyday lives, especially within our spiritual walk than we ever knew. So uh, Counting Elephants says, you do a great job. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. And thank you for the gifts. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Concrete Junkie, how are you? Natalie, how are you doing? Um, Pernell, welcome. Uh, Weeman, thanks for joining. Uh, Kajolical, welcome, my friend. You all have some fantastic names that I don't know how to describe. Uh, Kimberly says water is the eternal portal. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I have all my shower downloads that I talk about. Adam says, um, healing our DNA structure with sounds, uh, about darn time. And I can't put that on the screen. You guys be really careful. Uh, when I put that on the screen, it's not great for my channel. So that like you literally can demonetize me when I bring those on the screen and I need to be better about looking at them, but Please, please, please. I can't go back in time and not bring your comment up. So um, when, you know, I have to be a family friendly channel to uh, to stay monetized here. Um, and I really appreciate your understanding of that just to keep the conversation family friendly. Um, otherwise, I'm just not going to read the comments. So and that's not me being like, uh, you know, uppity or all religious or anything. It's just it's genuinely, you know, we got people of all different ages and walks of life. And I really try to respect everybody. So. Um, sorry about that, my friend, but no worries. No worries. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's just, I didn't read the whole comment and I went ahead and brought it up cause I try to move quickly and boom, there it is. So, um, probably not going to be an issue this time, but obviously if I got in the habit of that, you know, that, that, that can affect my channel, but, uh, hopefully the social media gods will understand this time. So, uh, let's see. Son of creation says, do I have a job? You're looking at it, my friend, you're looking at it. I stream for several hours a day. I make uh, tons of content every day, answer all of your questions, uh, go through all the comments and interact with our community, uh, make tons of artwork and thought-provoking posts, as well as interact with our Mythos community. Um, if you don't know about our Mythos community, it's where you get longer content. We've got a secret channel over there, uh, stuff I don't release on social media. Uh, videos are about three minutes over there instead of the average 60-second video that you're going to get on Reels or TikTok or uh, YouTube Shorts or anything like that. Uh, we also do live calls on a Zoom call every single Saturday with that community, um, as well as have a community hub that's off of social media in a private place where you can really share what's going on in your life. And we do that a lot, guys, over there. So uh, if you're interested in that, it's called our Mythos Insider Membership. You can scan this QR code at any point during the conversation today and go ahead and get entrance into that membership. By the way, it's your membership. You can cancel anytime. 
And um, if you don't love it, you can cancel it. Um, if you do love it and you don't have time to use it, no worries, because it's only seven bucks a month and it still supports more of this content. We literally have people do it just to support my content on a monthly basis uh, that don't really have a lot of time to get involved in the extra content or the live meetups, but you always have it if you need it, if you want it, and you never know when you'll need it. I have people tell me, oh, I should have joined one of your Zoom calls earlier. These are amazing. Um, you know, I just signed up to support you and never really got involved until months later. And they were just thrilled to find out how deep and intimate these conversations were with the community to really understand the nature of reality and how we can support each other and encourage each other on our, our own personal journeys here. So thank you for the support. I really appreciate you guys. Um, it's necessary to have living water for all purposes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, water is super important. Um, and Kimberly, that uh, that comment is is uh i'm sure wonderful but it's way longer i can't even read all of it it won't even like give me all of it on my software here um so i'll have to go back and read that um after the fact but thank you for the comment um so let's get in let's get into it you guys want to read some of uh annie Bassant's work here um this is going to be from uh, okay. Yeah. It's from thought forms. Um, and so I just shared the three principles and the three classes, quality of thought determines color, nature of thought determines form, definitiveness of thought determines clearness of the outline. Um, and then the authors define the following three classes of thought forms, that which takes the image of the thinker, when a man thinks of himself as in some distant place or wishes earnestly to be in that place, he makes the thought form in his own image, which appears there. Um, this explains, and this is how a lot of these early spiritualists, and I say early spiritualists because I'm not talking about ancient. I'm not talking about the ancient pagan. Uh, I'm talking about the 1800s, like as, as early or as, as recent as the 18, 1900s. There's this huge spiritualist movement going on. And in a time where there was a lot of famine and a lot of unalivement, people were desperate to connect with their loved ones. Um, and uh, part of my belief system is I do not believe that people's souls hang around. I don't think that they stay attached on this earth. I do believe in reincarnation. I believe Jesus taught it. I believe it's taught all through the Bible. Um, and you have original sin doctrine and H.E. double toothpick doctrine that really muddy the waters and don't have a lot of scriptural evidence for them. Um, so the, the thing that makes the most sense, especially after reading the Vedic texts, uh, reading like the Bhagavad Gita, the Dhammapadas, a lot of the Eastern mysticism, reincarnation makes sense. And it makes sense with the message of Jesus. So I don't believe people are actually speaking with their loved ones. Uh, because their loved ones, I believe, are either a part of the super soul again, they're already regrafted into the super soul, or they are reincarnated as they continue to learn lessons, or they might volunteer to come back. But I don't believe there's any stuck soul on the earth that needs somehow to pass away. Because once that energy is, is out of the body, um, it's it has to return. Like it, there's there's this thing it becomes energy and of course energy could wander around anywhere i see that but 
again, I don't believe they're actually talking to their loved ones. In fact, a lot of people have shown that if they do feel like they're talking to a loved one, it can take a really dark turn, even when the, the loved one wasn't a dark entity. That's where the theory of you're actually talking to demons comes from. But that's not what it is either, according to my research. Demons are actually daemons. Daemons. They're neutral. Uh, they just want to host. They're like a, a parasite, a spiritual parasite. And you can create with them. You can wield them. You can tell them what to be, where to go, uh, what to go attached to. That's why Jesus sent them into the swine. He told them exactly where to go and what to do. Um, some of them can manifest as very, very evil, but the idea of a daemon is an electrostatic ball of energy with an intelligence behind it uh, that wants to be used in some way. And a lot of times they're created with a strong negative emotion and it's our job to cleanse that negative emotion, forgive it, transmute it and send it back into the eternal super soul or the collective of energy of the universe, which is a neutral creative force. That's what I believe. That's what I practice. Just from all my research, that's what it adds up to. I'm always evolving my belief system, of course, uh, but that's really how I understand it. So that's a daemon. So I don't believe people are even speaking with demons as they as they think. Uh, I believe that they are tulpas. When you uh, engage in a seance or a Ouija board or something like that, I believe you're actually manifesting through your memories of an individual or through uh, opening yourself up to a universal intelligence to say, speak to me in the frame of, or the tone of X, Y, Z, who was alive. There's still a thought form and a pattern of X, Y, Z, who was alive that can then manifest just like a computer can call up a program that it doesn't have installed on the computer anymore. You can still find photos or videos or even text documents from that program even if that program is not still writing information. Does that make sense? You guys, let me know in the comments. Does that make sense? Does it sit well with you? Do you disagree with it? Let me know. That's how I go on it uh, because that's how I'm operating day to day um, because I believe we live in one big computer simulation and if I have to deal with it on my computer at home, it's probably on a mass scale uh, something that the universe has to deal with, the physical or material universe, which is everything that we can see and compute with our own two eyes. So, uh, Victoria says, hi, how are you doing? Uh, hopping over to YouTube for the big screen. Counting Elephant says, awesome, thank you. Son of Creation says, cool, thanks for the answer. You bet, my friend. Doxa says, we love you, bro. Uh, I am James, welcome, my friend. Yep, we are water and thus go through different phases. Unalivement is like water transitioning through the different phases. Water is creator consciousness within all of us and why all miracles in all religions are similar. And water is the solution in all these times. Water shows truth and communicates within all. I love that. Um, I definitely honor water as a substratum, a substratum for energy, energy release, energy preservation, energy transmutation, um, I think Jesus was obsessed with it for sure. Um, and for me, all things are energy, uh, even a thought, even water, everything is energy. Um, we study that in quantum physics and we understand on a core level, everything is made up of essentially three parts. Uh, and that's energy, intention, or wave. 
uh, and then the particle or the agreement. And so on a spiritual or alchemical level, you literally have the father as energy. You have the mother as the wave or intention or the Holy Spirit, the Ruach. And then you have all of creation, including you, me, this earth, the microphone, all the smartphones. I have everything as the agreed upon particle, the resting state for this moment in time of the light energy that came directly from the father. Um, and so that's how that's how I again, that's my alchemical process here. And when I talk about alchemy, I'm not talking about changing lead into gold here. I'm talking about changing matter into mind. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so uh, Yama says, are you ready for the rapture? Uh, my rapture already happened. Um, I've talked a lot about it. My rapture happened, um, you know, around 2020 was really my rapture when I was just caught up to a whole different consciousness, shifted into a whole new reality. Um, people didn't recognize me anymore. You can even look. I posted a picture of how I looked pre and post 2020. Looked totally different um just a whole different mindset you know uh it was literally a rapture of my mind and if you really read the the rapture theology within the bible it makes more sense in that tone than a literal uh going up in the clouds now if you do see literal going up in the clouds to me that's clear extraterrestrial involvement right um, and that's not really how i decode that scripture is it possible sure absolutely um because i'm open to anything right uh howdy gang martin says what's up brother how are you doing my friends uh martin your photo i won't even mention what it was but you literally had me laughing for about six hours last night after i saw it um our community probably knows what i'm talking about i won't i won't call it out but that was one of the funniest things i've seen in a long time my friend uh love it love it love it all hail the pumpkin right um conduit indeed kimberly says yeah yeah that's a great a great description of it so i love that conduit um let's see da, 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 da. palo moyumbe is a practice that deals with the unalive good and bad spirits okay i've not heard of that i have not heard of that um that is a whole different yeah you guys again y'all know more than i do i don't know why you're not live i've been live for 45 minutes and y'all know more than i do uh but that's awesome that's awesome that's stuff i hadn't heard of um so i'm going to read now from isis unveiled isis unveiled a master key to the mysteries of the ancient and modern science and theology by none other than helena petrovna Blavatsky, or AKA Madame Blavatsky, uh, one of the most famous spiritualists um, of really our time. I would even call it modern time because she was in 18, in the 1800s, 1877 is when she wrote this book or published this book. Um, and I just find it, uh, find it fascinating. Um, so this book is an esoteric philosophy uh, of Helena Petrovna, Blavatsky, her first major work and a key in her theosophical movement. So if you don't know the theosophical movement or the theosophical society is an original uh, body of the theosophy, an esoteric new religious movement. It was founded in New York City in 1875. Among its founders were Helena Blavatsky, a Ukrainian mystic 
and a principal thinker of the Theosophy movement. Um, and so again, this is where we're getting into. So you've got, she's Ukrainian. Um, you've got something that's coming probably out of like deep paganism, right? Most likely. I mean, I can't prove that, but most likely this esotericism um, is coming out of those, those ancient uh, metaphysical pagan movements uh, that like my ancestors would have been involved in. And these things, you know, these, um, yeah, Martin, it is the great pumpkin. And Honeybee knows what I'm talking about. That's hilarious. Um, so, uh, boy, there's a thought form for you, by the way. That's what we're talking about today. Um, that's not necessarily something I want to manifest in my living room. So, uh, But Blavatsky here, you know, very interesting because, like I said, my ancestors were uh, practicing pagans. Um, and they were uh, what you would consider to be uh, traveling spiritualists, um, probably a lot of on the road, probably a lot of nomadic. Um, and this is just what I can tell from my research. Um, I can tell where we came from, very specifically deep in Germany, up in the highlands, mountains, areas of Germany, um, you know, over a thousand years ago, right? Um, so really, really cool. And, and that's why I'm really starting to vibe with Madame Blavatsky, because as I read more of what she wrote, which I've never really had before, coming out of a Christian tradition, by the way, I was told never to read, look at, think on, have anything to do with any kind of material like Madame Blavatsky, because it's woo-woo, it's dangerous, it's, it's Satanist, it's whatever. And it's, it's anything but that, if you actually read it. In fact, if you read it, she's talking about things within Gnosticism that, that are in the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, which is most likely what Jesus actually said. So to me, thank you guys for the roses. I really appreciate that. So. All right, I'm going to read from this. And this quote is fantastic. So as I read this, you guys drop hearts, rainbows, gifts on TikTok, super chats on YouTube. Thank you guys for the super chats yesterday. Love to have some more today. Stars on Facebook. So from Isis Unveiled, uh, which again is a key to the master key to the mysteries of ancient and modern science and theology. So this is my favorite quote so far. Man is a little world, a microcosm inside the great universe. You're going to love this, Martin. Man is a little world, a microcosm inside the great universe. Like a fetus, he is suspended by all his three spirits in the matrix of the macrocosms. And while his terrestrial body is in constant sympathy with its parent earth, his astral soul lives in unison with the sidereal Anamia Mundi. Anamia Mundi is the world soul, by the way, or the super soul. You may have heard that through uh, like the Bhagavad Gita or uh, even some Buddhist texts. The idea of like a single large soul, one being, uh, the Bible refers to it as the body of Christ, by the way. Doxa, thank you for the lightning, my friend. Uh, love it. Love all the animated gifts and stuff on the screen. Thank you, guys. So man is a little world, a microcosm inside a great universe. Like a fetus, he is suspended by all three of his spirits. I'm going to talk about what those are in a minute. In the matrix of the macrocosms, 
macrocosmos. And while his terrestrial body is in constant sympathy with its parent Earth, meaning we feel we're, we have, we're stuck, even though Mother Earth, Mother Gaia is so good to us, her rhythms and the beauty and everything, but we're stuck with that, guys. You can't not be affected by it. It affects all of the cells in your body, all the water in your body, all the blood in your vessels, everything in your mind. It's going to affect your consciousness. It, it does. You're... You are in pure sympathy with what our earth is going through. His astral soul lives in unison with the sidereal super soul or the world soul. So that means that even though you are affected, your body here is stuck, it's affected, it's moving with all the rhythms and stuff. Your actual astral soul is in unison with the super soul with an actual higher consciousness, a.k.a. the body of Christ, a.k.a. the mind of God, right? Because, by the way, all of these are terms. Whether you're reading the Bible or you're reading some older text or some mythology or some mystical document, all of these things, whether they're saying it's, you know, this, it's whether it's the Christ or Krishna or Kundalini or whatever, any of these different terms you're going to hear for like this massive God consciousness, this kind of awakened state. It's all talking about the same thing. It's talking about the all, exactly. The monad, the one, the all. Uh, Ra also says consciousness is a microcosm. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and I love, by the way, everybody in our community, our, we call it our tribe. Uh, if you're in Mythos or any of our other tiers of the supporter membership, we call it our tribe. Everybody in our tribe is kind of in this rhythm too. Like it's crazy how like I'll be getting on this study and then Martin's over here reading something or Molly sends me a video and that video is like what I've been studying that day and or what I needed to hear. And like, it's just such a, there's such a rhythm. And that's what, to me, that's what proves that like, even though I'm kind of stuck in this rhythm and I got to go with the moon cycles and the economy and all the stuff that you live in here, there's still this, this crazy, um thing where my astral soul or my mind is in unison with this super soul or the world soul the collective consciousness again all of the you can interchange all of these terminologies um he is in it as it is in him okay i am in the father the father is in me remember what jesus said like that's crazy. Like, what a weird thing. Now we've got this coming out of like this spiritualist movement talking about the same concepts. For the world pervading element fills all space and, and is space itself, only shoreless and infinite, as to his third spirit, the divine, but is it but an infinitesimal ray one of the countless radiations proceeding directly from the highest cause, the spiritual light of the world, again, a.k.a. the Christ, that Lucifer, the light of the world. Jesus said, when I'm in the world, there's light in the world. I am the light of the world. This is the trinity of organic and inorganic nature, the spiritual and the physical world, which are three in one. And which Proclus says, or Proclus says, the first monad is the eternal God. The second eternity, the third, the paradigm or pattern of the universe. 
the three consisting the intelligible, the three constituting the intelligible triad, the intelligible triad. Okay, so let's break this down. Are you guys ready to break this down? Give me a yes, drop some gifts, let me know. Like, let's get the party going here. I want to break down what these three parts are uh, because it this sounds like super intellectual and kind of like out there. Synchronicity of the quantum, absolutely, absolutely, Molly. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to get into here. All of these spiritual things, guys, connect to what science is actually telling us. I'm not making bold scientific claims here, okay? I'm not a scientist. Do your own research. But from the little bit I know, which is tiny, um, but I do read a lot. I read, I love quantum physics and I read a lot of scholarly papers on quantum physics. I was just reading on the double slit experiment today, trying to better understand that. So I want to talk about the double slit experiment. Um, there are variations on this experiment and it's where they fire photons through two slits. And when you observe those photons, they change patterns. When you stop observing them, they go back to a different pattern. Um, and that is based on the, uh, like I said, there's multiple interpretations of this. You can go look up Wikipedia on it. Um, there is, da, 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 where is it? I had it pulled up. Um, let me just scroll down. There it is. I had it highlighted. Relational interpretation. Relational interpretation. So according to the relational interpretation of quantum physics, first proposed by Carlo Rovelli, observations such as those in the double slit experiment result specifically from the interaction between the observer, aka the measuring device, and the object being observed, aka physically interacted with. Not any absolute property possessed by the object. In the case of an electron, if it is initially observed at a particular slit, then the observer particle photon electron interaction includes information about the electron's position. Uh, and you can look up superposition, which ties into this as well. This uh, partially constrains the particle's eventual location at the screen. If it is observed, AKA measured with a photon not a particular slit, but rather at the screen, then there is no which path information as part of the interaction. So the electrons observed position on the screen is determined strictly by the probability function. This makes the resulting pattern on the screen the same as if each individual electron passed through both slits. So that's again over my head, but you can go look at that. So is there a relationship between the observer and the observed? Then there's the Copenhagen interpretation. Then there's the many worlds interpretation. So uh, as with the uh, Copenhagen interpretation, there are multiple variations of the many worlds interpretation. The underlying theme is that physical reality is identified with a wave function. This wave function always evolves unitarily, i.e. following the Schrodinger equation with no collapses, Consequently, there are many parallel universes which only interact within each other only through interference. David Deutsch argues that the way to understand the double slit experiment is that each universe in the particle travels through a specific slit, but its motion is affected by the interference which particles in other universes, which is affected uh, 
by particles in other universes. This creates observable fringes. David Wallace, another advocate of the many worlds interpretation, writes in a familiar setup of the double slit experiment that two paths are not sufficiently separated uh, for a description in terms of parallel universes to make sense. So again, way over uh, a lot of our heads, right? And that's fine. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but you still need to read it. In fact, if you get into Madame Blavitsky's uh, writings, that's still over our head, right? That's still like, it's something that you have to stop and ask the questions and wrap your head around. And I want to demystify a lot of this for people. I am not a quantum physicist, okay? I love metaphysics. Metaphysics is not accepted as a scientific um, discipline, and I respect that, and I understand that. But I also think there's plenty of stuff we don't know, and I think looking at the what-ifs is a lot of fun, and I think that we find out that a lot of people can find proofs here, proofs there, proofs everywhere, and so it kind of leaves it up to interpretation. Uh, that's where you get the phenomenon of cognitive bias, where you believe something and you see it in your world, but other people don't. Does that mean that your world's not real? Again, you get enough people to believe on something, then they start seeing it, right? It's called mass manifestation or mass tulpa or worship, right? Uh, you get enough people believing on a specific God and how that God's supposed to look, feel, act, and do. And if you have the, that group of people is not spiritually well or they're sinful, you're going to end up with a God that's inherently very judgmental, uh, very hard on the people. And we see that in the Bible. We see that in different groups um, of traditions. We see that with some really, really horrible cult leaders who projected their illness on the group of people that was following them. Um, it, it's all through history. And so, again, this gets like way down the rabbit hole of consciousness here. Steven says, let's go. I'm trying to put it all together. Absolutely, my friend. I love that. I love that. What's up, Lester? How are you doing? Molly says, there are also psychological studies that show the efficiency of prayer across space. Prayer sends intent with love into the quantum to a specific entity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Uh, uh, Carl Joan Coleman. I'll have to look him up. Thank you, Lester. Appreciate that, my friend. Always love looking up new people. Consciousness is a rabbit hole, Angela says. Absolutely. Okay, so let's break down Madame Blavatsky's quote here. So man is a little world, meaning that humanity, just like our physical and I'm going to interpret this on my own. So you can interpret it how you want. Man is a little world, a microcosm inside the great universe. Like a fetus suspended with all three spirits, the matrix of the macrocosms. And while his terrestrial body is in constant sympathy with its parent earth. So again, we're like gestating on the earth. Our soul is gestating here. His astral soul lives in union with the sidereal super soul. Um, again, a.k.a. the mind of God. He is in it, and it is him, uh, and it is in him. We are in God. God is in us. We are in the Father. The Father is in us. Jesus said it. We can say it. For the world, pervading elements, element fills all space and, and is space itself, only shoreless and infinite. As to his third spirit, the divine, what is but an infinitesimal ray one of the countless radiations proceeding from the highest 
cause, a.k.a. the Most High, the spiritual light of the world. This is the trinity of organic and inorganic nature, the spiritual and the physical, which are three in one. Uh, the first monad is the eternal God, the second eternity, and the third, the paradigm or the pattern of the universe. So uh, as Proclus says here, I want to decode what Proclus says because I think that her quote of Proclus is spot on. So the first monad is the eternal God. Monad being the one, the source. It's literally the Big Bang. It's the pinhead of light, of intention, of actual energy. And once that energy was realized, it required two other spirits. By the way, these are the spirits, I believe, what she's trying to say here is these are the three spirits of man. You have the monad in you. You have the eternal God, the energy source of God in you. Then you have, um, let's see, the second, uh, eternity. You have eternity, which is the wave that moves all things infinitely in all directions everything happening all together at once because eternity is not a time span it's a state so think about eternity as a state not a time span eternity or infinite in infinity being everything all together at once um, because again to be eternal doesn't just mean that it lasts from point a to point b it means that it always was and always will be that's actually what eternity means just think about the concept again doesn't mean from this year to infinity, it means it was, always was, it had no date of origin, and it has no end. And that is humanity, too. That's that's the second spirit within us. That's also considered the mother or the wave, okay? And then the pattern or paradigm of the universe, which is us. That's the particle, the manifestation, the pattern, the paradigm, the actual manifested agreement upon what the physical realm is those are the three spirits within you so think about those three spirits being within you you have the power of the monad the eternal god within you you have eternity the wave of eternity moving all things forever always has been moving them always will be moving them you might as well get on and flow with it that's your second spirit then your third spirit is the pattern of the universe the paradigm how things are going to manifest by the way, if you use all three of these spirits and you begin to understand even just a, a shred of what they mean, a shred of what they mean, you can start manifesting your own reality. I fully believe. Raise your hand if you believe that. I believe that. I've been practicing it. I've seen shards of its truth in my life. I'm not some master manifester. You know, I don't have, you know, multi-million dollar properties all around the world. I'm not any of these internet preachers. I'll tell you that but I do believe in helping create reality for myself and others. Angela says, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Eternity is now Kimberly says, um, so power, love, and sound mind. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a great representation of it. That power is light, right? That is the light of Christ, the light of the world. Love, which is that wave, which gently moves everything to its perfect purpose, if you flow with it. And then that sound mind, the om, which actually agrees upon the resting state of the power, a.k.a. the energy, the love, a.k.a. the wave, 
and is an agreed upon state in one of our realities right now, because I believe in multiverse theory personally, and I think there's a, an infinite number of possibilities for who I am. And right now I'm trying to flow and live into the highest one for my current reality, my current set of agreements. By the way, you can update your agreements uh, at every time. So Stephen says love equals money. Uh, oh, no, love is greater than money. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. I was like, love equals money, man. Uh, I'm like, man, if, if that's if that's your truth today, then I support that. Uh, I mean, you got to you got to do what you got to do. And, and for some people, that is their truth. But yes, love is greater than money, because if you have love, I think you can manifest anything you need. You realize that God takes care of even the birds, right? Uh, even the tiny little sparrows are taken care of uh, because they flow in this love. Uh, they have the power of the father in them. They have the love or the flow of the mother in them. And they've, they've signed that agreement and agreed upon this state as a bird that is being taken care of and loved by God. And that's beautiful, guys. That's beautiful. So uh, the entire universe is power, love, and sound. Uh, Martin says, yes, yes, absolutely. I think I read that as Doxa earlier. Sorry. Billy Carson uh, says his daily prayer is three words. It is done. Ooh, I love that, Martin. Thank you for sharing. That's fantastic. Uh, your agreements, what does that mean, uh, VAX? So my agreements, every single person wakes up every morning and has a soul agreement. And this is not woo-woo. This is literally like you get in the shower and you're like, I got to do this today and I got to do this. And oh, the economy is this. And oh, my family, dot, dot, dot. Like you have all these things that you've already pre-agreed to. And you've got to go in and, and this whole process that I shared today, follow it from point A all the way to point Z. This whole episode is like a crash course in manifesting, okay? Probably in a way that you've never heard before, hopefully. Um, and so your agreements um, are the only thing that operate your life. Um, if your life is in absolute chaos, it's because you've agreed to that in your consciousness. Um, you've agreed to that with your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, your belief systems, and ultimately creating energies, literal energies, little, literal bioelectric energies that are of certain vibrations. And that's why we talk about raising your vibration. If you raise your agreements and your agreements are high vibration agreements and you say, it is done, I have everything I need, um, today's going to be a wonderful day, any challenge that comes my way, I'm going to slay, you've got a higher vibration. And that doesn't just mean that you're some mindset junkie that you're just like hopelessly hopeful all the time. It means that you begin to understand the power of literally creating your reality, literally updating your user agreement every day with your choices. That's part of your agreements, your choices, but you don't make a choice till you've already thought it and felt it. If you have a choice between left door or right door, front door, back door, uh, door A, door B, whatever, however you want to look at the archetype, red door, blue door, green door, yellow door. I don't care what the doors are, what the options are. You've already made an agreement. You may be like, oh, I don't like B. I've never liked the letter B. Well, that's an agreement. You already made your mind up before you made the choice. And that's where choices are a result of our agreements. They're not the actual agreement. Um, if you, uh, like I used to drink all the time. That was a result of my agreements. My agreements were life sucks. I need an escape. I deserve an escape. It numbs my pain and I want that. 
uh, rather than I need to shift everything in my life, do what's really uncomfortable, get rid of all the crap that's dragging me down, including the job that was so physically intensive that I couldn't walk every day. That was one of them. Even though I love that job, um, you know, I had to. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. What's up, brother? How are you doing? Yeah, the the T-shirt, the door at the Travis Scott concert, the T-shirts. Um, I had a family member who was at that concert, by the way, and uh, still doesn't believe that that's uh, magic spells going on there. And I've got to tell you, um, I got to tell you, that's that that is agreements. When you go to a concert, you're making a mass agreement with a bunch of people. So you better make sure that concert is something you want to manifest in your life. Even if you're like, oh, I just like shock rock. I just like it. It's just fun. You're making that agreement. That's the agreement you want to live in anarchy, chaos. You want to see that the world is on fire uh, and you want to feel empowered that you don't care about it. Like most people, and I get it. I used to be hugely into a lot of that music. Uh, and there are days now when I, I'm at the gym and I'm in a mood and I'll run and I'll put on some good old fashioned shock rock from the 2000s. Uh, and listen to some of the, you know, the anarchy rock, right? Um, as I run and feel like, you know, um, I'm the master of my own destiny and I don't have to flow with anything. I, I carve everything from stone, by golly, uh, which is just not true. I mean, that's part of it, but that's actually where this threefold spirit that's in you that we're talking about that Madame Blav Blavatsky literally wrote about in her occult book, Isis Unveiled. Um, and it's beautiful, beautiful quote out of this book. I haven't read the whole book, but I do plan on it after reading the quotes in here. Then she goes on to say, reality is an illusionary universe of ever passing forms. So think about that. Your reality is an illusionary universe of ever passing forms. Your money problem is an illusion of ever passing forms. Your relationship problem is an illusion of ever passing forms. You've already made that agreement. And that's why you're watching the form pass you by. Doxa, exactly. Zoroastrianism, three tenets of good thoughts, good works, good deeds. Absolutely. You also have the same um, kind of the same structure within Buddhism, or excuse me, in Hinduism, uh, like the tree of Maya, kind of the things that hold reality together. Um and when you realize that, it starts making making more sense, right? Uh, man's spirit proves God's spirit as one drop of water proves a source from which it must have come. There you go. That's for you, my friend. Um, who was it, Kimberly, that was talking about water earlier? Um, what's up, Shelly? How are you, my friend? Welcome. So I hope you guys are getting what I'm talking about. So what's the, the whole point of today? Like literally the, the title of today, uh, which we have yet to talk about, um, is, is Halloween actually a form manifesting in reality? Is Halloween actually a form manifesting in reality? And I'm going to talk about that right after this quick break. I want to remind you guys, if you want to support what I'm doing, please consider becoming either a Mythos Insider, which is only seven bucks a month, or for a very limited time, you can upgrade that and you can join as a Charisma Insider. Charisma means grace gifts. And this Insider membership includes everything that Mythos does on the $7 level. You get access to the private community, the secret channel where I upload content every single day, secret content that doesn't go out on the interwebs. 
it only goes to my website, to my community. When you're logged in, you, it'll hit your app on the phone. You can check it whenever you want. You get longer content through that as well as behind the scenes and bonus content over there. Um, also, you're going to get access to over 500 training videos where I teach all of these concepts uh, very deeply, very very precisely, one step at a time in a way that you can apply your own belief systems, your own understandings to all of this. I'm not there to tell you what to do, but I've preloaded over 500 videos in there for you, which is more content than you can go through right now, I promise you, um, where you can start learning how I think um, and apply it to how you think and start to fit all these pieces together for yourself. I can't do it for you, but I have amassed a wealth of knowledge in there on the way I see things and giving you exercises to do to test and recreate your own thought experiments as you go through everything from esotericism, mysticism, tons of the stuff from the teachings of Jesus, the mystical teachings of Jesus, lots of Gnostic vibes in there. Um, if you like the Gnostic traditions and like what we're talking about today, um, all kinds of stuff in there. There's even really practical stuff in there on building your own um, you know, side hustle or business around what you love and really manifesting your destiny. Um, there's some fantastic things in that, in that uh, membership, guys. And that's my Mystery Academy that's going to be added on to that. And guys, that's only 27 bucks a month. And this is going up quite a bit because I just realized I'm, I'm not charging near enough for this. And with the holidays coming up, I've got to charge more for this. It's one click. Um, you can pay with Google Pay, Apple Pay, PayPal, debit card, credit card, cancel anytime. Your membership's up to you. All you have to do, go to the original email. You go manage account. You can cancel anytime. Um, we have people that stay on for a very long time. Uh, we've had people that have been in there for almost uh, 17 months now. So um, we've been going strong um, for a very long time with this. And I've continued to craft these memberships. This is kind of uh, a more evolved version of what we started with, but still the same great attention to detail and serving our community in there. So please consider scan that QR code, jump on over there right now, grab yourself a spot in there. Um, don't wait any longer. I mean, there's no reason, right? If you're into this stuff, if you watch this long, you know, A, it supports my content. Even if you just keep watching my content, it's still a great way to continue supporting. So thank you guys so much. Um, by the way, it's all on your own time. There's no time frame you have to do it in. It doesn't take a lot of your time. Most of the videos in the academy are between five and 10 minutes long. So they're super easy to go through at your own pace. Steven Schwartz says the amount of content alone is worth it, plus the community. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, and then uh, Melissa. Melissa is another one of our incredible members. Almost a year now. I love the Mythos fam. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, and then uh, October is a year for me. Molly says, that is awesome. We need to have like a, a, a celebration or something for all our year members here. Uh, me too. Two months for me, Shelly says. Awesome. So in two months, Shelly, we'll have your celebration too. So um, anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. Okay, so how does this tie into Halloween before I sign off here? Um, of course, the image today is all about Halloween here. 
Halloween is a day. So I've talked about agreements. We talked about the threefold spirit of man or God within man, humanity, not just man, but humanity. Um, we've talked about tulpas, talked about thought forms. We've looked at Madame Blavatsky. We've also looked at the double slit experiment. We've even read a bit from the book on thought forms by Annie Besant and C.W. Ledbetter. Um, we'll be doing a lot more of this type of work, especially going to Halloween, uh, because that's very important to understand this. So the way I see this ties into Halloween, and I'm someone who used to celebrate Halloween pretty much every day. It was my favorite holiday. I loved all the creepy stuff. Big Haunted Mansion fan from, you know, the, the Disney parks and everything, not affiliated with them. Uh, but, but of course, still one of my favorite rides. But there is this, this weird phenomenon where a bunch of people come together on Halloween and put on masks and costumes. Masks and costumes that are literally crafted after the unalivement of humanity and kind of things behind the veil. Lots of esoteric symbolism in that. Plastic and corporate and cheaply made as they may be, they are still effigies of unseen realms, okay? Now, Samhain, we talked about, we're going to get into Samhain and what that actually is. Uh, we'll talk about All Hallows Eve on another episode. But I do want you guys to think when you're watching trick-or-treaters run around and you see all the haunted stuff around, I want you to understand even the yard decorations, what's actually happening here. There is a manifesting ritual going on where people all over, especially the U.S., I think a lot in Europe too, uh, but again, it's more celebrated as All Hallows Eve in Europe. Um, we don't often think about remembering our unalived relatives and honoring them, but rather we like the shock value of it here in the U.S. as a whole. I mean, just as a corporate holiday. And I think what that's done is created this weird tulpa where on Halloween, there's a heavy energy. People make some of the worst decisions of their life on Halloween. Uh, there are statistically more crimes, more car wrecks, more hospital visits, uh, more marriages break up, um, more unalivements, um, both purposefully and accidentally um, on Halloween than any other day of the year. And you can just talk to anyone who ever worked in an ER, right, and understand the volume of the toll that it takes on humanity. And I don't think that's an accident, guys. There's something that happens is not just the parties. There's there's Christmas parties, right? Um, but you don't see quite the same rate of casualties and, and again, ruined marriages, all kinds of stuff. People just make the dumbest decisions. They're drinking spirits. They're dressed as spirits. They're calling spirits. They're agreeing with spirits. They've already made those agreements before they ever left the house. And then they're just tapping into those energies and vibrations because everybody's looking for the same type of debauchery on Halloween. Uh, Doxa says, I don't like Halloween. I'm not a big fan of Halloween. I do love the Haunted Mansion. Like I'm a, a nerd. I have a Haunted Mansion poster over here. I have a Haunted Mansion statue. I have Haunted Mansion bobbleheads. In fact, my bathroom right here, which I might show our tribe one of these days our, in, in a behind the scenes video, our bathroom is Haunted Mansion themed, actually, uh, including the shower curtain is the wallpaper from the Haunted Mansion in Disney World. So that's just me because I'm a super nerd, super nerd. Um, but I just share that with you guys 
to try to so we can all understand what's going on here. Martin loves Halloween. Um, yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And I'm not saying there is. Uh, and a lot of people that love Halloween actually honor it on a different level. And I'm sure you guys do um, in a way. You know, it's also the call in of the fall. A lot of people see it more holistically than just a shock value day to watch horror movies and slasher films and stuff. But think about it in light of what we talked about, the threefold spirit, tulpas, the thought forms, just the color, then the visual, then the outlines, then the actual thing, right? Is there a possibility? And I'm going to leave this this open for all of you guys. I'm going to leave the chat open today. Is there a possibility that these mass rituals like this actually manifest events happening and potentially even manifest very real phenomena in our three-dimensional world, in our reality. What do you guys think? Let me know before I sign off. I'll take a few more comments. Steven Schwartz says the movie Coco is like a documentary. Yes, absolutely, my friend. Shelly says, love, love, love Halloween too. There's beauty in the darkness. I totally agree with that. Beauty in the darkness. Um, but again, um, again, for me, um, I've also been on every side of Halloween, right? Um, and so for me, I have to look at it too as I try to look at it more as a spiritual holiday and recognize all of the mass manifesting of actual spiritual tulpas going around. And a lot of them are selfish, debaucherous, dangerous, dark. And I understand that I have a purpose on Halloween now, and that is to literally do everything I can to magnify love in my heart, to serve others, to be safe. We all have that responsibility. And even as you go, whether you go to uh, like your local haunted houses or you go to see a scary movie or whatever that is, to have fun, to be safe and understand that you are a part of transmuting that energy. OK, and this doesn't mean I'm not saying you're going to go protest at a scary movie or anything. I'm saying go enjoy it. Have a have a great time. Support your local uh, spook house or whatever. Uh, go support the movie theaters, all of that stuff. Have a great time, but just be hyper aware of the decisions you make on Halloween because there is a vibration going on that is very, very easy to just flow into that kind of mass illusion that's going on on Halloween. So I hope that makes sense. You guys, let me know what you think. So, um, I've, I've not seen that movie, but I will check that out if uh, thank you very much. Uh, Kimberly says, I'm totally programmed with the word phenomena. I always sing the stupid Muppet song. Phenomena. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Jingles from the 80s are my jam. Uh, I love it. That's hilarious. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So I'm not here to throw anyone off of Halloween. I'm not telling you to go protest Halloween. I'm not telling you not to go to your local haunted houses or your, your local scary movies or uh, your your church, um, you know, fall festivals and stuff like that. Go and have fun, guys. Remember that Jesus literally called us to be in the world and not of the world. We can go and enjoy these things. We can be a part of a community, support our local businesses, um, but also understand that we are the master player in the game, right? Uh, Doxa says, free guys about the Anunnaki creation story. Exactly. And you guys know my work on the Anunnaki. Um the movie Free Guy, understanding that this is all a game. You're the player in the game. Become an aware player in the game. 
and you can become a master player in the game. And that's one of the things I do my absolute best every day to leave breadcrumbs and try to teach this. Missy says the veil is very thin on Halloween. The veil is very thin on Halloween. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so the veil being thin is uh, another thing that you can use too. You can renew your intentions. You can renew the love in your heart, the commitment you have to serve humanity. Like I said, you know, go go enjoy, um, you know, time with friends and family. And if that includes, you know, uh, the local festivities and stuff, but be safe. Be safe and be aware. And that's what I'm talking about, this mass manifestation, um, because you're going to see it like you see it every year. Uh, talk to anyone who works at a hospital or even a psychiatric ward. There's like all of this weird phenomena that goes on. That's why the hauntings are the highest on Halloween. People want to see something and they do. They bring it forth out of the realm between realms, right? The veil is thin, like you have not because you ask not. How do you ask? You want it, you need it, you believe on it, you manifest it. And if you're doing that with dark energy, guys, if you if you go out just like, oh, I want to just be scared, you know, you, you're literally already made an agreement to bring about a dark entity in your life. And I, and I truly do believe that because I've done it myself. If you go out, you're like, I just want to have some fun, uh, good old fashioned family fun with my friends and family uh, and get home safely, you know, and uh, make sure that I'm kind to others and that I'm wielding the energy and transmuting any, any energy. And if I see anybody that's, uh, you know, unstable, uh, you know, to be safe um, and understand what that looks like, that's what I'm talking about here. And then I want to talk about how what this looks like on the opposite side of that. You get around Christmas and stuff, and you got all the good cheer and warmth and people giving gifts and stuff. That's another mass tulpa manifestation. So again, you can interact with any of these. Um, and and really, Halloween I think is is uh, there's a reason that that day has always been used as a portal. Um, and we'll talk more about that portal and how to do that portal as we get a little bit closer to Halloween. So um, Hexkin says, be careful of letting demons in. Can't play with magic. Got to know what you're doing when opening those portals. Absolutely. And the, the magic I practice is mind magic. Um, it's a different type of magic. Um, I'm practicing more of what you consider quantum esoteric magic. I don't do rituals and write sigils on walls and light candles and stuff like that. I'll leave that for the expert, which is, I don't do that. Um, what I do is um, I have been given a sigil. I've been given a spirit animal. I've been given the knowledge that I have. And I practice that daily with my mindset. I do have some rituals. I burn sage. I do my podcast. I continue to create into my reality. Doxus says Hollywood also has their witchcraft ceremonies to manifest their negative plans. Yeah, and you know, and we say Hollywood. It's certainly not everybody in Hollywood, um, but you know, you have this like the idea of the elites and what they're doing through the Hollywood wand, right? That's what wands were made out of. Um, the tell a vision. It's a moment to tell the vision, right? Um, it's very, very interesting. So, Martin said when I was five in 1972, fellow trick or treater bit into uh, gum with a. Oh, wow. I was present when it happened. Was he okay? I hope. 
uh, bit into gum with a sharp object in it. So yeah, be careful. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, be careful because uh, sometimes tricks are are very dangerous, and you know that trickster mentality is is rampant on uh, on Halloween, and so. Uh, those tricks can can end in uh, casualties or, or even fatalities, tragedies very easily. And so um, this is really my call to just be responsible. You know, if you love Halloween, go out and celebrate it. Be responsible. Look out for other people. Uh, don't deny the spirit of the yogi within you, that Christ spirit within you, uh, just because it's Halloween. You know, be be a source of love and light for others because Halloween's also a very great time to find souls that need truth in their life. And I'm not talking about evangelizing. Do you have a moment to talk about the Lord kind of thing? That's not what I'm saying. Just talking about, you know, merely connecting with other people. Uh, some of the best conversations I ever had were at Halloween parties. Some of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life were at Halloween parties. You know, I'm lucky I didn't, uh, you know, fall off of anything too tall, you know, when I was a young man, uh, going to parties and stuff, you know, and all the guys were all doing goofy, stupid stuff that, um, you know, could have been very dangerous, right? So um, that's what I'm talking about. But just just be safe. Um, go out. Love others. Understand the veil is thin. Use it to create. You can create on Halloween. I'll be streaming on Halloween, by the way. Um, yeah, Latette says, Halloween has always made me feel like I was inebriated without even drinking. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. There's there's a spirit about it. Even if you didn't know it was that day, there's just a spirit that you feel on that day. Um, good. Martin says he lived. He, he couldn't open his mouth. That is, oh, oh, awful. Yeah, awful. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of buying my own candy, too. Because um, I like dark chocolate anyway. I'm not, I'm not into the regular stuff they give out at Halloween. I like my... My fancy organic dark chocolate. So I'll have to give myself a, a gift on Halloween anyway. So uh, Laura says, glad I jumped in here. What's up, Laura, my friend? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Yeah, this has been a great episode. Uh, episodes are about 90 minutes long now, just so you guys know. I used to do two a day. Now I'm doing a 90-minute episode a day. Gives me more time to connect with you guys. Thank you for the gifts. If you guys want to drop any more gifts before I jump off, uh, that'll just really seal the deal for the algorithm to push this out after the fact. Thank you guys so much. Doxa, thank you for being here. Martin, my brother, thank you so much. I'm really glad your friend was okay. Misty, thank you so much, my friend. I love you guys so much. Angela, uh, Honeybee, thank you. Honeybee, I love you, my friend. I hope you're having a beautiful day and that you're really alchemizing all the stuff that's been uh, presented to you lately. Um, I love I love your insights and what I've been hearing from you. Uh, Arok, thank you, my friend. Stay blessed, my brother. Had to stop by and say hi. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, just thank you, everybody on TikTok. TikTok's been great today. Thank you guys over on Instagram. Love our Instagram crew, as small as it is. By the way, if you ever want to follow me on any, any of these social mediums, all you have to do is jump on over to my website, www.cubkuker.com. You can start at the very top. You'll see my verified profile picture there. Then you're going to see Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Spotify, and Apple logos right there. All you have to do is click on them. Say you want to go listen to my Spotify podcast. You want to listen to the audio of this after the fact. All you got to do is click on it. 
you can go and follow me here. You can do it on your phone. You can follow by clicking that follow button. Look at all these episodes, organized. Got all the thumbnails here. These are all the audio versions. I just started uploading the video versions too. So if you're on the Spotify app, you can now watch the video versions of these if you would like to. All of that's going to be over on my website, www.cubkuker.com. It's also where you find the memberships there. And our members can log in with the member login portal there. So anyway, thank you guys. It's been a beautiful day. Uh, I hope this has blessed you uh, sincerely and deeply. Um, thank you for the support. Love you too, Melissa. Melissa says, love you, Cuddy. Cubby. Love the tribe. James uh, says, seems like I arrived at the end this time. Yes, but you can actually conveniently on Facebook drag that player back to the beginning and continue watching, and I'll still see your comments even after the fact. Uh, L, have a good one. You too, my friend. Laura, glad you stopped by. Shelly, thank you for being here. Molly, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you guys for the stars. Uh, Aoife, thank you for being here. Kimberly, Hexican, Donnie, um, Melissa. Who else do we have? Steven, thank you guys. Uh, you've been awesome today. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless you. Namaste. Thank you to our new members, by the way. Looking forward to welcoming several new members this week. If you'd like to be one of them, I'd love to have you over there. Um, I did not mention if you join as a member this week, I'm still giving away free audiobooks. You'll get my whole audiobook for free. It's called God-Given Gifts of Brilliance. All you have to do is sign up. It'll take you two clicks. Then you can message me directly in the app, and I'll send you a code. You can go download that audiobook from Amazon. It's a fantastic book I wrote in 2020 about manifesting your destiny. It is through a faith-based perspective, but you can easily apply it to any viewpoint, any walk of life. So love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless you. Namaste and peace.